guys, and welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thank you for joining us. What is now episode number 17 of our Road to 2023 series? And we've got some cool updates for you guys today. And we're recording this on Saturday, the 9th of October. 9th of October. And we're going to get straight into this episode. Excellent. All right. Well, do you want to take off first or do you want me to? Uh, you can today. Okay. Well, I guess we're giving a bit of a two-week recap. Mm-hmm. Past two weeks, they've been pretty swell as always. To be honest, like the days just bleed into one. And sometimes I don't actually know what day of the week it necessarily is. I just remember what day it is depending on what compound movements I'm doing that day during my training or who I'm checking in with that day. Mm. I'm like, oh, I'm checking with Nikki today. Must be Thursday. Or, oh, I'm doing my Smith machine lunges today. Must be Saturday, whatever it may be. <laughs> That's kind of the way that there's even a meme about that. I'm pretty sure some bodybuilding meme. Have you seen it? Yeah, I think so. Like what you think of based on push day or pull day, not really days of the week. Yeah, it's something about Valentine's Day. It's like this girl calls up her boyfriend and she's like, hey, babe, what are you doing on Valentine's Day? And he's like, what day of the week is it? And she's like, it's a Friday. And he's like, legs. I'm doing legs that day. (laughs) I think that's kind of where you and I are in life right now. Plus one level of professionalism. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, the days are good. Every day is definitely very good. But these past two weeks definitely been very swell in terms of training, nutrition, work, absolutely everything. In terms of work and uh, actually some exciting updates, we have officially ordered our samples for our new oversized TBD tees and some new apparel that we will be bringing out. So taking that next step, which is pretty damn exciting, eh? Mm, very, yeah. Uh, it's... Uh little bit of work to choose who we, who we were going to go with and we ended up going with uh, someone in Australia which is good they're based mm-hmm. in New South Wales and they seem professional and uh, yeah we've been communicating with them based on the logo the type of shirt that we want because I guess the tricky thing with the shirt is that definitely the overwhelming consensus was oversized tees but the shirt that we're getting the good thing about it and well, it ended up being a blessing in disguise in the sense that Australia doesn't really have any oversized tea manufacturers that we could see. And so what we ended up doing was just using a normal t-shirt that can also be used as an oversized tee. So uh, I've got a good reference point for that. And we'll obviously put up a sizing guide and do some sizing ourselves, uh, so that if you want a normal tee, you can buy it in normal sizing. If you want an oversized tee, you can buy it an oversized. And I think that'll, it'll be definitely be easier for the girls to do that than the guys. Because it goes up to 2XL. And for me, the 2XL is a decent oversized fit. So unfortunately, if you're bigger than me, it won't really be as oversized. <laughs> Competition's on, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's the beauty of obviously ordering samples and actually seeing how they're going to turn out. Mm. And I'm just really excited to officially get it off the ground, right? Do our very first launch and hopefully branch out into doing some other t-shirts with some other little branding on them too. Cause we've got a few great ideas in the works and in the pipeline. So mm. just in time for Christmas, in case you want to get one of your bodybuilding friends, a bit of a gift, right? Yeah, certainly. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a a few little ideas that we have in the pipeline, which are not as necessarily motivated by profit, but Mm. more so just like I, for one, I don't have any 
gym clothes mm. compared to the average person. Like, yeah, still wearing, <laughs> still repping the Everlast and still repping ICN from 2018. <laughs> yeah, and I can't wait to kind of create some stuff like that I can actually wear mm-hmm. and that hopefully. Uh, other people will enjoy as well yeah something that's yeah just very bodybuilding related so like that community aspect where if you see someone wearing their shirts you're like okay i immediately know that they're into bodybuilding and then that you get these little references that are in the bodybuilding community yeah it's definitely more community driven for sure anything Mm. than to do with finances or money or whatever it may be but yeah i cannot wait to see even just seeing one person in the gym wearing our t-shirt that would make me so freaking happy Mm. be pretty damn cool any other updates from this week Hmm. Well, just overall, I think just in terms of training, like I've just really been pushing it. Like I've really been pushing my limits today on my Smith machine lunges. I did an all time PB of three by 10 with 70 kilograms. And these past few weeks I've been working up to 70 kilograms. I started off with three by eight, then three by nine. Today I did three by 10 and holy moly. I, I cannot remember the last time I pushed myself that hard. Like, honestly, I think that my legs are still recovering as we record this right now. And it was actually a case, Jack, where I was like, I was almost tempted to do two sets. I was like, I, I have gotten enough of a stimulus after my first two sets. And I was like, Hmm, should I do my third? Cause I, I knew that I, I knew that I had done enough, but Mm. at the same time, it's Olympia weekend and I'm not going to bitch out on Olympia weekend, especially when I know that I am capable of three sets. And also you and I are planning to deload this next coming week. So I'm like, Tiara, just freaking do it. You know, you can do it. Just push it. And I'm not going to lie. My last rep of my last set, I, I nearly buckled under the weight. Like I nearly failed. And Oh, I actually said out loud, very loud. I was like one more. <laughs> Oh, geez, I, it's just still replaying over in my mind. But it's very interesting because I film a lot of my sets and then it's always just strange to me to actually watch it back because I feel like for some of these big compound movements, and I bet a lot of people can relate to this, like you have to go into a different zone in your head to actually get amped up to put yourself under that sort of weight and actually do that. Like you have to be in the zone. You have to be so focused And it's just weird watching it back because I feel like I'm in a completely different place when it's actually happening. Do you have any sets like that? Uh, Yeah, definitely. I I think from, you know, I've told this to you, but I I think I can flick it on and off quite quickly. Mm. Whereas I think you have to kind of spend quite a few minutes getting into the zone and staying there and not getting out of it. Otherwise, it'll impact your set. Mm. Do you feel like you will get to that point one day when you are like absolutely pushing it to the brink. Like, do you ever watch back one of your sets of your hacks or your leg press and you, and you're like, maybe I could have gone a little bit heavier. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, sure. But I, I don't think that's necessarily influenced by my mindset beforehand. It's more, mm. that's more intraset. Yeah. Not, not well, outside the set. Well, I want to know from the listeners, how do you guys get into the zone? And are there any movements out there that you have to get so psyched up and focused for? Otherwise, it's just a no-go and you know that you won't actually reach that peak performance. Because mm. I know for me, like I, I really do have to enter a completely different realm. <laughs> yeah, I think 
sometimes though it can like be a bad thing as well as a good thing because sure you can generate a lot of energy and drive by psyching yourself up like that but what i found in the past is that combining that with accuracy and good execution is also a challenge in itself Mm. so for example i think pressing is one of the biggest ones or pulling where like let's say you're doing a seated row you just jerk it back and forth and put so much energy into it but it will kind of harm movement quality same with pressing where they they might really rush the eccentric and just go back and forth as quickly as possible Mm. so it is it is definitely to still be good to prioritize both. Yeah. I think for mine though, like my top two would definitely be my Smith machine lunges and my Bulgarian split squats. I feel like I have to be so freaking focused and in that zone. Otherwise one, I lose my balance, especially in a Bulgarian split squat. Like I need to do that in front of a mirror. I need to be giving myself a death stare the entire time. So focused on going up and down. Otherwise like you know, with a 32 kilogram kettlebell either side, like I'll topple over. Like I, I really have to be so focused for that. And same for Smiths. Like if I lose my focus or my attention, like, I don't know, I, I just won't be able to push that weight back up and it might just buckle. Mm. Yeah. Or I might not reach full depth or whatever it may be, but either way I achieved it. But after that set, I'm just, even now I just feel absolutely flipped. So I'm I'm like, I am ready for a deload, you know, (laughs) I am too. (laughs) Can't wait. But yeah, it's been, it's been a really solid few weeks of training for sure. And I just, this is the best my execution has ever been on a lot of movements. I'm just, I'm really pushing my limits now with really heavy weights in my big compounds and feels phenomenal. I'm feeling really good. And in terms of nutrition, these past two weeks, I put my carbs up to 400 grams, which was super simple. Honestly, guys, just buy bigger pieces of fruit or buy the same type of fruit, but a different type. (laughs) Bananas. So for example, bananas, you can either get normal Cavendash bananas or you can get ladyfinger bananas. The ladyfingers per gram or per 100 grams, whatever uh, you're weighing it in, are actually have a few more carbohydrates compared to your Cavendash. And they cook really well in case. Cavendash? Cavendish? Cavendish, I think. <laughs> that type of banana, but they have a few more carbs in them, so that was What's a super simple swap. A, I've always wondered this. Like, I think I, I think they might even say it at Woolworths, but like, what's the difference between like the ones with the red wax on them? Mm, I've always been curious of that too. Yeah. I just look at it as some sort of fancy overpriced banana. Mm, same like a ladyfinger as well. Yeah. I'm not sure. If someone knows the answer to that, I know we could Google it, but it's always fun asking podcast listeners for the for answers too. Mm. <laughs> Why do they put that red tip? Seems like a question that people would ask us for the podcast. Yeah, but hell, we certainly don't know everything. Mm. Hey guys, just a reminder that we post regular content on our Instagram and YouTube channel. You can find those platforms by searching The Bodybuilding Dietitians. See you there. But either way, Laterfinger bananas, they have a few more carbohydrates in them. So that's a very simple thing to do and just, yeah. Why do they call them ladyfingers? I think because, well, they, I don't know. They're obviously from Hawaii. Remember when we went to Hawaii and my grandma got us that huge branch of ladyfinger Mm. bananas, like probably from someone down the street. Yeah, Yeah, I do remember that. I think they just, I don't know, maybe they're small little bananas that ladies eat with their fingers. (laughs) (laughs) know like all of these you know we have to think about names where they actually stem from i had a friend back in primary school back when i lived in canada her name was sophie stickland 
And shout out to Sophie. <laughs> shout out to Sophie Stickland. But I remember walking home from school with her one day. It was like grade two. And I was like, why is your last name Stickland? And she's like, oh, well, my family, my ancestors came from the land of the sticks. Uh, the land of the sticks. That's right. Stickland. <laughs> My name, my last name is Nelson because apparently someone in my family got off a boat and they were the son of someone called Nell. So they called him Nelson. Mm. Yeah. And my last name's... Radford Smith. Yeah. I always get asked, oh, is it your parents, both your parents' last names, but it's not. My my dad actually changed his last name from Smith to Radford Smith. Mm. And like my dad was originally Graham Smith and... Changed it to Radford Smith. I don't think anything beats someone being from the land full of sticks. No. <laughs> Stick land. Anyway. <laughs> but it's interesting because like last names do originate from different trades as well. Like mm. for example, Fletcher, mm-hmm. like that last name of Fletcher is someone who I think creates arrows. Yeah. From, which but, is interesting. But a lot of names do end with son because it's like you were the son of someone called mm. this name, like Johnson, Nelson. I have always found it interesting people who name their, not that I'm getting at these people, but like <laughs> I find it, find it interesting when people that call like the younger or mm. like, for example, if I was to have a son, I would call them like Jack Jr. Yeah. Or like... <laughs> I know. It's like, come on, man, be a bit original. <laughs> Can't you think up any other name yeah. other than your own? <laughs> like you, you, you get to have the same last names. You don't need to have the same first name. As well. Oh, I know. Do you know what's, I know your middle name, but can you tell the listeners your middle name? Maybe we should let them guess. Okay. It starts with N. Yeah. I don't, I don't think... It doesn't really come to mind when you think of me. Okay. Well, I'm just in the mood to ask people questions. Mm. (laughs) I'm flipping the script, man. So Jack's middle name starts with N. My middle name starts with M. So if you can guess what they are, you win a prize. Mm. (laughs) Anyway, this past week, past two weeks, it's been good. 400 grams of carbs going in the tank. Prior to that, my weight was stabilizing around 64.9 kilograms. It did an initial spike up to around the mid 65s. Now it's just hovering there as per normal. That's just my trend, man. Every time I do a macro increase, jumps up by a few hundred grams, holds steady. And that's just where I am right now. So weighed in this morning at 65.6, but feeling good. But this next coming week, cause we're gonna be deloading. We're not gonna deload for the full week. We'll probably get back into training on Thursday. I'm just going to taper my carbohydrates down to around 350 grams per day, just so that obviously energy intake matches energy expenditure. Mm. Yeah. And do you want to talk about your natty status? My natty status? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. I actually did get one of my very first, (laughs) one of my first injections. Yeah. Well, the start of your injection history, I guess. Yes, that's true. I did get my very first dose. Not that it will be a very long history. It's it's only going to be about three weeks in total. Yes, but life changing. (laughs) Let's hope, fingers crossed, it's life changing. Mm. Uh, But I did get my first dose of Pfizer on Tuesday afternoon. And like we did that on purpose. Like I had, I scheduled my in on Tuesday afternoon because my last training session before my rest day was on Tuesday morning and then Wednesday rest day, and then Thursday back into training. So first dose of Pfizer in the delt. The only side effect that I had was just a bit of a sore delt. And Mm. I don't know if it was because I trained delts earlier that morning, or obviously they just 
jab you're dealt, but I didn't get any other side effects. Like I even had to be reminded by you that like I had even gotten the injection because like it kind of, it happens and then you just forget about it. Mm. You know, you're like, oh. The biggest inconvenience was going to get it. Yeah, I know. And being Don't in... care about getting it itself. Like I just, it was a disruption to my routine. <laughs> <laughs> but totally worth it. But it's, it definitely was very hot, you know, standing in a line waiting to get jabbed and stuff. But luckily didn't experience any side effects mm. at all. I know everyone's immune system's different. Everyone's body is different. Everyone's going to react differently to these things. But fortunately, I didn't feel a thing other than a bit of a sore delt, but it was gone by Thursday. I even hit a rep PB on my OHP on Thursday morning. So definitely bounced back strong, but you got your first dose too, right? Yeah. Mine was completely fine as well. I didn't get any side effects other than a sore delt mm-hmm. as well. And that was gone two days after. So yeah, just uh, keen to get that 80% vaccination rate so that we can international travel gets reinstated and we can finally go on our long-awaited holiday which has been postponed for about a year and a half oh man which we paid for and it's been yeah hopefully that credit is still it's been so long i can't even remember was it in it was 2019 in february i know no oh yeah that was our very last holiday if you don't count noosa but i mean we booked another club med trip Mm. but did we end up booking it for bali or did we end up booking it for bintan bintan i think we booked it for bali but then we're going to go to bintan okay so (laughs) we're gonna swap yeah depending on which one we can get to first yeah good point but it's honestly been so long i'm like man where did we even book it for but let's hope that that is still viable or very viable. I think that would only be fair. Mm. Yeah. But we've got a lot of travel to catch up on, you know, like my sister, she's moved to Austria. One of my other sisters, she's living in London. I need to go visit my grandparents over in Washington. Like you and I need to visit your grandparents over in the UK. Like we've got a lot of travel to catch up on. So indeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't wait though. Fortunately, we, we have a listener base and, Hopefully, may I don't know about Austria, but definitely in the UK and the US. So, dude, we gotta train at Das Gym. Yeah, <laughs> the gym. We have to train at the gym. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but international travel opening up. But yeah, it's good on that road to uh, to open up the world again. Yeah, fingers mm-hmm. crossed. Yeah, but other than that, honestly, that's pretty much just been my last two weeks. Definitely, the highlight of this weekend is it is the Olympia and. Just before this podcast, actually watching the men's bodybuilding pre-judging, which was super exciting. Got home just in time from the gym to watch that live, which is pretty great. But boy, those guys just looking phenomenal. But what I was kind of disappointed in is that they brought out at the end for a comparison, and this is just the pre-judging, like finals will be tomorrow, but they brought out Big Rammy and they brought out Brandon Curry for just a comparison between those two. I really feel like they should have had Nick Walker in that comparison as well, because Nick Walker won, he won the Arnold's like just two weeks ago. And he was probably one of the most, if not the most conditioned competitor actually on that stage. And he's young, he's like mid twenties. He's around our age, but he's an open bodybuilder winning championships, but he should have been in that lineup. Cause I think he really held his own and definitely against like Brandon Curry, you know? I, mm. I really wish that they would have put those three next to one another to see, but who knows? Maybe they might do it at finals tomorrow, but that kind of disappointed me because I felt like he should have had a shot next to stand next to those guys. I just don't know if anyone can beat Big Rammy though. 
you know, like, ah, uh, it's insane. He's just, he's so big. Even in the press conference yesterday, uh, like they got him to step on a scale and yeah, he was like fully fed at night and like he was wearing his shoes and holding a mic, but he was 303 pounds standing wow. on that stage. But he said he's waking up in the morning around like 290 or something. So, so big. The dude is so big. Like he just walks around with flared lats. Mm. <laughs> amazing but when he strikes that side shot as well like i just don't think anyone can beat him in the side shot just like the separations in his hamstrings and it's interesting the commentators were comparing him and brandon curry and they were saying that big rammy was actually dipping down too low in his side chest but i know that you do that and i think that it makes your hamstring hang way more and it shows the separation and the cuts between your hamstring and your quad it makes your glute look a lot rounder i think it's a much more favorable shot when you sink down lower in a side chest brandon curry like or anyone else it just looks like you're standing a bit too upright and you don't give your hamstrings justice yeah i, I agree with that and that's why i do it not that mm -hmm. i'm comparing myself to them <laughs> jack one day your rdls will build you big rammy hamstrings <laughs> mm, i can only wish uh but yeah uh Olympia if i knew weekend. i was gonna have rammy hamstrings i would know by now <laughs> yes that's true but hey you know your ro road mm. to being semi not natural eh fully bionic mm. <laughs> got your first injection um but yeah, Olympia weekend. I'm just so excited to see the bikini though. That's live tomorrow. Cannot wait. But I'm yeah. excited for the classic. Like I definitely mm. get, that's why I didn't really watch the bodybuilding. I do, I do mm -hmm. like the classic in, in that enhanced league more than the open bodybuilding. It's just a bit more, I just like the flow. I like the posing. I, the physiques are more eye-catching for me, yeah. etc. Usually the conditioning in my opinion, is a bit better as well. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it goes without saying that pretty sure Chris Bumstead just has it in the bag once mm. again. Like even yesterday during the press conference, they had Terrence Ruffin and Breon up there on stage with like the MC and they were talking, you know, a bit of smack. I just love the banter that they do at the press conference. And then like they had this like music come on and then Chris Bumstead just walks on stage and Chris is so much bigger than these guys. Like, not well. yeah, he's just, he's just tall. He just powers over. And like, they were just having some banter about how Chris was like, these guys are just really fighting over who's going to win second place. <laughs> like, I love it. I love everyone who really got up there is except for Ashley Kaltwaltzer, which is unfortunate. She's one of the bikini competitors. Just everyone has that champion mindset and they're so confident and they all want to win. And it's so attractive. Like I'm so attracted to people who are champions, you know, and who have that winning mindset. Like there is a difference between being cocky and confident, but when you're at that level, like you have to believe in yourself and you have to vocalize it. You have to put it out to the world that you want to win. Otherwise it shows on stage. And I think that's why for the bikini competitors in particular, like they've got Issa, they've got Jen, they've got Laura Lee, and then they've got Ashley Kaltwasser. Like and definitely three of those girls are top three. Ashley Kaltwasser is probably going to be fourth or even further behind. But Ashley Kaltwasser, you know, she's just like, oh, you know, bikini's a bit crazy. It's anyone's game. You never know sort of thing. She's actually won Miss Bikini Olympia three times, but that was years ago when the standard was very different. Now these other girls have just taken over in terms of just their posing, their finesse, their confidence, and it shows on stage. And it is very interesting because 
everyone kind of comments on Ashley's posing and how it just, she doesn't really come out on stage and she's like, bam, I'm here, you know, I'm here to win. I'm here to fight for it. Like you can, you can always see in someone's facial expressions and also just their body language, like when they're lacking even that one or 2% confidence, it is very interesting. But it was interesting how her words also backed up the way that she kind of presents herself on stage because Issa and Jen and Laura Lee, they were all like, I've been working so hard for this. You know, I want to win this year. I know I have what it takes to be a champion. And that's probably why they're all going to be in the top three. So just interesting. But hell, I'm so pumped. But anyway, that's enough of Olympia talk. We will see what happens. But Jack, I want to hear, how has your past fortnight been? Yeah, it's been really solid. And just like you, I'm pretty much ready for a deload. So it's been six weeks and I have been keeping an open mind about like how long I want to be training for before I deload. And it just does end up being around six weeks. Like I'm at the point now where today I I still was looking forward to my session, but definitely probably this whole week I haven't been like raring to go. Like it's just been like, okay, it's time to go to the gym. It's been more out of habit and discipline as opposed to excitement and enjoyment mm. and that's completely normal like this, that kind of tells me that uh it's it's ready to uh ready to take a deload and something with me as well is that my sleep usually gets better uh, as i or maybe not better but i do tend to sleep through the alarm or what's happened the last few days is Tiara's ended up waking me up good uh, morning <laughs> because you usually get up like five to ten minutes before the alarm and then Mm. you have to then get me up um which to be honest i like like it means i get a nice uninterrupted sleep and i can yeah just maximize that sleep rather than waking up at five instead of 5 30 and you can wake up to me instead of the beep 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 and then the dog's going what's going on (laughs) (laughs) turn it off (laughs) yeah and yeah, so that's interesting about the sleep. Um, I'm looking forward to just having Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off, and then I'll reassess on Thursday whether or not I'm ready to go. Hey guys, just a reminder that we don't just coach physique athletes, but we do coach anyone with a health and fitness related goal. Therefore, if you are interested in getting in touch with us regarding our coaching services, you can always head over to our website at www.thebodybuildingdietitians.com or alternatively, click the link in the show notes below. And yeah, overall training was good. It's just been progressing very smoothly. Everything is on the way up. I had one little setback with my back where I had to miss a week of RDLs, but it's bounced back very quickly. And I've just been putting a lot of focus on my bracing with those RDLs. It's, it's definitely a work because RDLs have always been my best lift mm. or at least for the last few years. And I think when people look at them, sometimes they're a little bit overly critical in the sense that they know it's my best lift and they might be, for example, I was doing like 170 for, for a set of seven and like I thought anyway, but it doesn't matter, but I've, I've got stuff to work on to make it a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. And cause I know that I've got the strength to do more, but my, my upper back is just rounding a little bit, mm-hmm. which then causes a little bit of discomfort. And one, I probably just need to get my upper back stronger 
And two, the bracing will definitely help as well. Yeah. But I feel like I'm just relying a lot on that belt now. And I'm almost just hinging at the belt, not the mm. hips, which is a bit of an issue. But the great thing is, Jack, is that you are in a position with that exercise where you are executing so meticulously. And your execution is phenomenal that you are at that point where you can receive some constructive feedback from people who are great RDLers themselves, mm. right? Who you respect what they have to say, but at the same time, they're only saying it because they genuinely want you to be that 1% better because mm. they see that you're so goddamn good, but you can take on feedback so that you can be that 1% better. You're not in a position where you're confusing RDLs for conventionals or something, mm. you know, or like your lower back's completely rounded or you're only moving three inches or something like that. Like, mm. Yeah, they only just want you to be even better. Yeah. And I think especially with it being bracing, like what if someone RDLing 100 kilos, like if someone says brace more, like not to go up against anyone who RDLs 100, because um, you RDL 80, uh, but like they'll be like... 85. 85. <laughs> what is bracing? Like it's something that is is potentially very, very important mm-hmm. once you get to that next stage yeah but it there comes a point where like you can't necessarily have textbook form and you have to consider that you have 170 180 kilograms being held in your hands and you're hinging at the hips like yeah maybe toward your final few reps maybe you're gonna lose a little bit of upper back tightness but just so that you can continue to progressively overload your hamstrings Mm. you know like it can't be so perfect. Otherwise, ultimately, you are going to hold yourself back. I think one of the best examples for that is something like a single arm dumbbell row. You know, some people really hold themselves back because they want to keep that perfect textbook form of only going up and down, up and down. If you are so strict with it like that and you won't add any momentum at all, sorry, you probably won't progress past maybe 20 kilograms in your life. Mm. Yeah. So there's a balancing act. I think I used to definitely agree with that a lot more than I do now. Like, I think that there's that saying where your first rep should look like your last or your last rep should look like your first, which mm. I think I don't think they should be totally different from each other. They should they, look similar. Yeah. I think in terms of intensity, obviously the last rep, you should be at a higher intensity yeah. than the first rep. And if it's not, if your last rep is a massive grind, obviously it's going to look different to the first. And I think... And your face that, is probably going to look a little bit different too. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of that, like I, I definitely go hardcore with the facials when I lift and that's completely unintentional. Like I, it just happens. Mm. And something that I got feedback from, from AJ this week was like from my neck up, I'm on a bit of a swivel and like, I'll often look at the weight stack. I'll look at this, that Mm. over there. And that's just unintentional. It's just comes hand in hand with me training intensely. But this week I've been trying to like really keep my head neutral. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll see what he says about the facials. But so far they're, they're staying. Yeah, but God, it's hard. Like, man, when you're pushing yourself, you know, it's hard not to grimace. Mm. You know, like... I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think facials is an issue. But mm. it's just more that mine are quite ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hell, you're, you're lifting heavy ass weight. So don't apologize for it. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm more impressed when someone looks like they're really pushing themselves than just keeping a straight face. Because I'm mm. like, come on, man, you're investing your time in the gym. Like you might as well put a little bit more weight on the bar and get something out of this time. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's kind of training. And one thing I'm looking forward to in this next block is 
pushing in particular. I think I've come a long way with that and I'm noticing the improvements in my chest. And yeah, something that I'm also doing a bit differently on social media is I'm trying to post the physique stuff a little bit less. So right now, like we'll see how long this this lasts for because the reality is on Instagram is that when you post something with less clothes on, it gets more likes, mm-hmm. even for guys as well as girls. And <laughs> Everyone likes good bodies. <laughs> and so like naturally, if, if I post less frequent physique updates, it means less engagement. But mm. I'm trying, I don't really care about that because TBD, Instagram is where my main focus lies mm. from a business standpoint. And so I'm just trying to focus a bit more on other stuff on my personal Instagram, mm-hmm. like the training side of things, because ultimately the training and the nutrition is what's going to change my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, that what I do in the gym corresponds directly to how I look. So I'd, I'm going to just try and maybe post a physique update every six weeks at the end of each training block. And then there'll actually be some tangible differences to, to see each time I post one rather mm-hmm. than like posting one or two a week where like they're going to look the same. Yeah. I I don't know if this is just my own personal interpretation of Instagram or maybe my own bias or justification mm. for I've always just been on and off with posting, never very consistent, a little bit slack and I'm first one to admit that. But I'm just wondering if Instagram is taking a bit of a trend towards people following people and being genuinely more interested in their stories and day-to-day life rather than actual posts cuz I know when you and I first got on Instagram, I downloaded Instagram back in like 2013. Mm. When did you get Instagram? 2015. 2015. All right. Uh, But I know like then stories didn't even exist. You had to Mm. Snapchat people. But freaking Snapchat days, man. I'm telling you. Like, and Snapchat used to have this thing. I didn't know that you could send a Snapchat to multiple people. So I used to, I used to. I used to, I still think I'm kind of funny, <laughs> but like, I would like make do a really hilarious Snapchat. But then I was like, okay, I have to be very selective about who I can send this to. Cause I could only send it to one person. And I was so disheartened when that one person didn't reply to me. It would, it would just say open, but no reply. I'm like, probably cause they thought you sent it to a hundred people. Yeah. And then one of my friends was like, you know, you can select multiple people or everyone on your friends list at once. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> Uh, the Snapchat days, man, I don't even own that app anymore. I think I actually deleted it yesterday. I'm running out of storage on my phone yesterday, man. I cut off it at like in 2017. Mm, Yeah. I didn't use it. It was just there. Like I'm, Mm. takes me a while to, to get around to deleting stuff. It was definitely a high school thing. I feel Mm. like, or like it was a never never used thing for me. That's not true. When you and I first met, we were sending Snapchats. (laughs) (laughs) You get so excited when you're like, yeah, um, but then if you want to screenshot someone because they look nice, then it gives them a notification. Anyway, um, anyway. I, <laughs> but yeah, Snapchat. But when we first got on Instagram, there wasn't even Instagram stories. And then mm. Instagram stories came out in 2016. And I think a lot of the influencers around that time were like, oh gosh, like, do I now use my Instagram stories instead of my Snapchat? Do I use both? There was like this weird intermedium. Mm. I remember even posting on my Instagram stories being like, follow me on Snapchat. And I think back and I'm like, that was pretty freaking dumb. Like I had thousands of people on Instagram, a few hundred people on Snapchat. Why was I telling people to go somewhere else to see the same shiz? Mm. Anyway, what I'm trying to get at is, do you guys feel like you follow people just to keep up with their daily lives and their stories? But 
you actually find yourself scrolling the newsfeed even less. Like you might just scroll the newsfeed when people you're interested in, they don't have stories to view. Because mm. at least I find when I go on Instagram, I'm watching people's stories and I really don't spend much time on the newsfeed. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I think, again, everyone's different. Mm. And I think a lot of the value from Instagram now is more the informative side of things. But maybe that's, I'm obviously biased because like our whole Instagram account is dedicated to that. Mm. And I don't know, like, but it, no, I don't think so. It's a game we'll never understand. <laughs> yeah, I think the good thing is that there's just something for everyone and everyone mm. finds value in it. Like I follow cinema stuff i follow landscape mm. as in like discover earth which posts some amazing photos so like mm. that wouldn't be as relevant for stories so yeah i think it's uh it has something for everyone which is great yeah absolutely cool well yeah in terms of nutrition unsurprisingly nothing's changed there my rate of gain is slowing down uh, we're going to stay on the same macros for a while though um, and just embrace that slower weight gain approach what about your deload macros are you changing at all yeah, I'll go to rest day macros. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I think, so I'm around 85 at the moment, just slightly over that. I'm predicting that I don't think we're going to be doing more than one mini cut until prep in 2023. Damn. Yeah, so I think we'll get quite heavy. So probably up to 95 plus. This is my prediction. Um, and then, because it'll probably take me another 10 to 12 months to get to 95. And once I do get there, we'll probably hold for a little bit, maybe a month. And then by that point, that'll be like November, December of, of 2022. And then from there, probably a solid like eight to 10 week diet to get down to 85, I would say, mm -hmm. or obviously more like 10 to 12 weeks, maybe. Um, and then a slight build up to April um, might be around 88, 89 again which is where I've started prep as every single time. Mm -hmm. uh, but a completely yeah, different body yeah, composition obviously. each time. Mm. And that way I'll, it'll be around like 10 kilos loss in, in the 2023 prep, which mm -hmm. will be the lowest amount I've ever lost in a prep, which would be great. Which is, I think the way that you and I are definitely veering toward, like mm. losing more than 10 kilograms, man, it's just a freaking slog, mm. you know? And it really begs the question of, did I need to get this heavy or did I need to start prep this heavy over my stage weight? Particularly because you find that you can match performance numbers on a lot of things for a good solid amount of time during prep, or you can even continue to increase your performance and then it starts to taper off, you know, in those final few weeks or maybe a month or two or, or so. Mm. But yeah, it should be very interesting. But I think every single time that you and I prep, we'll just continuously have a better and better starting composition. You would hope so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, that pretty much sums up this episode. Thanks everyone for listening. And as always, we'll finish on something that we want to improve upon this coming week. What comes to your mind? Uh, so Boston is getting the snip this week. You stole mine. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just want to make sure that he undergoes it successfully. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's going to be interesting because he's, uh, as we discussed I think this Wednesday, this past Wednesday, uh, he is quite unique. He's a very cool chap. Yeah. And I don't know how he's going to respond to that anesthesia. So yeah. it should be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Because when we got Sam de-sexed last year, when she came home, she was she just looked like a, you know, a drug addict. Mm. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's the same for me too. Like I just, 
uh, what I want to improve from, not just this week, but learning from last year. It's kind of like when you have a kid, you know, like maybe your first kid, like you make a few mistakes. You're like, okay, I'm not going to do that with my second kid sort of thing. I don't know. I'm not a mom. I have two dogs, but I can imagine um, you learn. But anyway, Sam last time, she had that cone around mm. her neck and she was itching a lot at the cone. Understandably, it'd be itchy. But what happened is that she actually scratched herself. And then because border collies, like a lot of dogs, they're self-grooming, she couldn't clean herself. So this thing actually got infected. We had to get her medication. Her whole neck had to get shaved. So I just want to keep a very close eye on Boston and make sure that we can probably just take off the cone and ensure that he doesn't lick his wound. Mm. But when he does have the cone on, just be like, yo, yo, chill out. Here's he a just wheat. won't be able to... Here's a wheat fix, you know? Like, <laughs> he won't be able to chase any trucks, Yeah, he will be upset. But they bounce back strong. You know, Sam only took like a week and a half. And then the vet mm. was like, yeah, she's sweet. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll keep you updated with Boston because we know everyone cares a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. about Boston. <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you guys next week for our Q&A. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please repost this. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a rating and a review. And we'll chat to you guys soon.